Joe Kissel takes control of macOS Sonoma. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. What happens before the show starts and after we sign off? Informative, fun, and completely off-script conversations. That's what. Mac Voices After Dark is an exclusive benefit for our Patreon subscribers. Sign up now at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, it's that time of year when we get updates to all of Apple's operating systems, it seems like, and it seems like the number of operating systems grows. But we always try to touch on at least the major ones and what's coming up. And the best way to do that I can think of is to talk to, in the case of macOS Sonoma, talk to Joe Kissel, the author of Take Control of Sonoma. Joe, good to see you as always. Hi little there. Stressed at the, little stressed at the moment? Oh, my goodness. I am so stressed. <laughs> I Like, everybody, anybody who's watching this on video, you could just, like, you know, minimize the window or, like, add some kind of blurring effect. Because I, I probably look, uh, at least uh, the way I feel, is, is bedraggled. <laughs> I've been, like, not sleeping. I've been working insane hours. Uh, you know, dealing with bugs, dealing with, uh, all kinds of, all kinds of technical things going wrong, but then also trying to get this book out and about a dozen other books. And some of these books are really, really, really long. And it's just, it's, you know, it's that season where so much stuff is happening all at once. And then, you know, Apple has their iPhone event as expected. And as expected, they're like, hey, you know, uh, iOS 17 coming out in one week, that's normal. And I expected they would say, and macOS Sonoma is coming out in a month, because that's what they've sort of mostly done recently. But no, it's like, that's coming out in two weeks. I'm like, ah, I'm not ready. <laughs> so, um, so, 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 so you yeah. were... You, you didn't exactly enjoy the Apple event maybe as much as you could have. No, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think, I think Apple has some kind of spyware installed on my devices and their decisions are based on, well, what can we do to cause Joe Kissel the most pain and inconvenience? I'm pretty sure. Well, if, if they're picking on you, they're not picking on the rest of us, but I'm sure. Sorry. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So we were recording this at sort of a strange time because yeah. you've released Take Control of Sonoma, which you always do each year, that is based more on the beta things, the beta versions, I should say. And then after the release version comes out, you update it to 1.1, and that way you've covered anything that didn't get covered in the first part or has changed. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted, I w I'm saying this up front just because I want – people to go to takecontrolbooks.com. And if they see it, they can buy it now and start to get familiar with it if if you want to, and you will still get the updated version. Um, or you can just wait and get the updated version when it comes out. It just It's up to you. But you pay the same price, but you, you still get all the most current information up through the first update. Right on. Uh, 
I remember back in the olden days, you know, 20 years ago, when, you know, back when you had to pay for macOS and it came on a DVD, like, remember those days? And everything was just like super embargoed. And uh, we had to, we had to wait until like, we, we, we would write our books and test things based on beta versions, but we couldn't release anything until Apple officially made it public. Uh, well, that, that all changed a number of years ago. And so we're like, oh, well, you know, it's June, it's July. Lots of people have the public beta installed. Uh, they'd probably like to know how to use it. They'd probably like to know what am I getting myself into? And even the people who aren't interested in running the betas might want to know what to expect. So we started putting out our books on both Mac OS and iOS, iPad OS you know, a month or two ahead of time, as soon as we could get them written, which is always a challenge over the summer. And, um, and as you say, we, we like, we do the best we can based on the betas available at that moment. And then we get immediately to work on what else has, has changed. And so free update for everyone. Uh, usually, ideally it happens on the same day that uh, the public release of the operating systems happen. So that's what we're planning for. Uh, but I have to tell you, so Apple had the, the, the iPhone event. And of course, they, were, they announced the release dates of, of, of the new operating systems. And they also uh, announced, oh, we have these PDFs you can download. This is a new thing. You can download a PDF quite a long one with like all the new features in Sonoma and all the new features in iOS 17 and so forth. So I'm like, okay, great. Uh, I'll go ahead and down that, download that and I'll just skim through it, make just double check to make sure that I've already covered everything. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me because there were at least a dozen things in that PDF that Apple had never mentioned before. I hadn't stumbled on them in my testing of Sonoma and there was zero information publicly from Apple about them. So I'm like, thanks. Thanks a lot. Now I have more days of work to do to update my book so that it tells you the complete truth when Sonoma ships. So that's, that's, that's one of the many things that's been keeping me up at night. Wow. That's, that's interesting that there are features that are, documented there that have never heard, never seen the light of day. Yeah. Well, you know, Apple always posts this page uh, as soon as they have the, the, the keynote at WWDC back in June, they always have this page saying, well, here's what's coming in Sonoma and here's what's coming, whatever. So I figured these PDFs would be just pretty much copied and pasted, but no, they have lots more things. And you know how Apple is Apple, Apple sticks stuff in, that they never tell any about anybody about. And then like six months later, some blogger will go, oh, did you know that if you click here and do this, this cool new thing happens? And everybody's like, what? Why didn't Apple bother to mention that to anybody? So um, now they're at least bothering to mention more things, <laughs> but uh, th there had been no previous publicity about them that I have seen and I, you know, look pretty carefully. And um, th there are things that I just didn't accidentally happen upon. So, okay. All right. Well, I'm working on it. <laughs> Joe, I, I don't want to make this about me, but I think that there are a lot of people out there that relate to this. 
I'm, I'm always tempted by the betas. I, I, I've categorically will not run a beta on a production machine, but I'm always tempted to put it on a secondary machine or play with it or whatever. But in the past, as I recall, the issues of moving a machine from beta to a release and then continuing on can get a little bit strange or difficult or time consuming. Is that still the case? Or is this, a, if for someone that's running the beta, God help them on a production machine, is it still an easy transition to keep on moving? Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about this in my book. It, it is really easy. Um, well, okay. Let me qualify that. If, if you do things the way Apple expects you to do, which is like, oh, you install the beta, whether it's a developer beta or, or the public beta, and then you keep updating. And then one day, let's say September 26th, you sit down at your Mac and a thing pops up. Hey, uh, Sonoma, full, you know, 14.0. We're on 14, aren't we? <laughs> I've lost track. Yeah. Sonoma. Because there's like, which which generation of iPhone and then which generation of iOS and so many numbers. Anyway, um, so you, you open up software update. It says, hey, yeah, I'm ready now. You want to click the button? And it dollars and dollars and, and, and you're done. Now, th that's that's if you do things the way Apple expects you to. You might not do things that way. You If you, if you decide that for my test machine, I want to have things really, you know, sandboxed, segmented. I don't want to use my real data. I don't want to use my real accounts. And I want to move stuff over after the fact, then yes, that can get kind of kind of dicey. But honestly, uh, Apple's installers have gotten really, really reliable in recent years. And uh, I, you know, we, we could have a whole discussion about whether or when one should ever install a beta, and should it be the public beta or the developer beta, and and many other questions. But uh, for for me. If uh, if you have installed the beta, getting from there to the final release is is pretty painless. Okay, that's good to know. All right, so then the next obvious question: When it hits the streets, do we upgrade right away? Do you feel it's stable enough that we can rely on it, or should we, you know, wait just that couple days or longer? In a way, I'm the wrong person to ask. Because I always install the latest version of everything immediately. <laughs> and I, I install beta versions of most things as soon as I can. Now, um, I, I, I tell people I can probably count on one hand the number of times in my entire history that I've ever truly regretted installing a beta. I mean... Betas sometimes have bugs. Then again, so do production versions. So it has happened very, very many times when I install some software, whatever kind of version it may be, and I'm like, ah, crap, there's a bug. And now there's going to be a period of time during which a thing won't work, or I got to wait for somebody to do a software update, or whatever the case may be or I have to come up with a workaround. And so, you know, I'm pretty good at coming up with workarounds. I also have multiple Macs. So if I got into trouble, I could switch to a different one or I could restore the old thing from a backup. So 
Um, I, I am, I am probably the wrong, like if you take, if, if you, if you do what I do, then let's just say you'll live dangerously. Um, so I'm not necessarily recommending that you do what I do, but I will say I, it, it's, it's weird around this time of year, I always get people saying, okay, well, now that it's, now that it's September, I'm, I feel like I'm finally ready to install last year's version of Mac OS. I'm like, what, what, why, why would you wait a year? Like, why really is there, is there some magic that it has to have been updated seven times before you feel like it's good. It's good enough. Like it's just software doesn't work like that. Any release of software, any release whatsoever will have bugs. And the next version after that will probably have some of those bugs fixed and might have some new ones. Like this is just, this is a universal truth. So this, this idea that, well, I always, it's my rule, my sacred, you know, thing in life that I have to wait till the dot one release of anything before I feel safe, or I have to wait till the dot two, or I have to wait for nine months or whatever it is. Like, I think that's kind of foolish. I really think that's foolish. The, the more you stay up to date, the, the faster you're going to get useful new features and security fixes and bug fixes. So I don't recommend waiting around unless either uh, you have incompatible hardware, you have incompatible software, or you are aware of some specific thing that is going to interfere with you getting your work done. But there's no, there's really no algorithm for deciding, okay, this much time has passed or this many releases have happened. And so now it's safe. Well, like, there are bugs in Mac OS that have been around for 10 years and they're still there. So you want to wait till all the bugs are fixed. Lots of luck. <laughs> so I just, I, I tell people like if, if you feel, if you feel more comfortable waiting a week or two, that's fine, but there's, there's no magic to it. And the real question you should be asking is not, should I upgrade today or should I upgrade next week? The real question is, what problems will this solve for me? Do I want to have the new features? Do I want the bugs that it does fix fixed? You know, um, if you want the things that the new thing has, then, you know, do it sooner. So I'm one of those people that waits. And I and not as much because of the operating system itself, but more because of my concern over having the third party vendors update things. And I feel like th that's one positive thing with, well, developer betas, but also with the public betas, that I feel like there's a better chance that my mission critical software is going to be stable and ready to go because it's now been more or less sort of widely deployed and a lot of different people have had their hands on it. And so therefore I'd like to think that that means the developers have gotten a lot more feedback than they could have in the past by a wider range of people. 
Does that logic follow with what you've well, experienced? I mean, yes, but these are things that you can know in advance. So you could go to, for example, roaringapps.com, I think it is, and see, well, the, these are the apps that I'm interested in. These are the ones that I'm worried about. Does this work in Sonoma? You can find that out in advance. Or if there are three or four or five, you know, five apps that are really mission critical to you, you go to those developers' websites and say, you know, there's going to be some notice there about Sonoma compatibility. So you can discover these things. Now, again, I always keep all of my software up to date. So uh, I, I happen to know, for example, that uh, the, the official current shipping version of SpamSiv doesn't work on Sonoma, but I've been using the beta version of SpamSiv that does for like a month or something, and it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, so I don't, I don't know exactly what their release schedule is going to be, but I, you know, I, I install what I need to install to get my job done. There are there, there's um, there's a bug, one particular bug in Nicest Writer, which we use for our books. That is. Um, that that the there's a crash if you have one particular Sonoma feature enabled. So all right, reported it. Hopefully it'll get fixed soon. But in the meantime, you turn off that feature and it's no big deal. It's all good. So there there are a few things like that, but uh, not you know basically for me, nothing I can't work around. Um, well. We'll have we'll have some discussions in the next couple of months about uh, <laughs> Apple Mail and and other email apps, which is sort of its own category of pain. But uh, but apart from that, uh, we might even say more about it in this very in this very discussion. But apart from that, um, I, I don't think there is anything that that really needs to to worry people. Okay, you said Apple Mail. I didn't. I, I wasn't going to go there because I didn't didn't want to see your blood pressure go up any higher. But before we get go any farther, um, first of all, th I, I I really I like your advice, and it's a different way of looking at things. Probably a little bit less paranoid way than than the the, the way I've been looking at them. To that these things not only do they bring new features, but they also fix bugs yeah. that. You may have even forgotten you had. You've just learned to live with them. So I, I, can, I, I, can I actually I inter interject something? There, there's Please. been this bug for like a year in Ventura. And the nature of this bug is you have uh, an M series Mac, you know, an M1, M2, M3. I guess I don't have M3, M3s yet. An M, M1, whatever, M2, whatever. And um, you, you restart it. You might have just like installed a minor... Uh, update to Mac OS or something, or maybe not. Maybe you just restart. And then immediately you get all these dialogues. Everywhere. Like, oh, you got to give permission to this and you got to give permission to that and give permission to that. And you're like, but I, but I did before. Like I, I gave this thing um, automation permission and I gave that thing screen recording permission. I gave this thing's full disk access. So why are you asking me again? And then you try to, to give those permissions in system settings and it won't even let you because it's so you have to restart again, sometimes two times before it decides, oh, yes, now I remember. Now I remember it, it took two or three restarts, but now I remember you gave me permission to do all those things. So I'm not going to stop bugging you. Uh, this has been going on for a year and and it and it doesn't happen in Sonoma. It's been replaced by completely different annoying dialogues. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like 
that one thing, that one thing has saved me so much grief. It's like they, they fixed a bug. Thank you. It shouldn't have taken this long, but they fixed it. So I'll take it. And um, that would be the kind of thing w that would, you know, make me want to upgrade sooner rather than later. Um, but anyway, sorry, I, did, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted to introduce <laughs> that, that one thing. No, but, but you also bring up another, another thing that, let's see. Okay, so let's say I've been one of those people that has, because frankly, I have been on a couple of non-production machines. Um, because there, there was a bit of pain associated with moving to Ventura, especially when it came to system preferences and all. So I know people that have avoided it because of that. Do we go straight from, you know, straight to Sonoma or do we need to make that intermediate, intermediate step to Ventura and then up to Sonoma? I'm glad you asked that because people keep asking me that. People will say, well, Joe, um, here, here we are, it's 2023, and I'm finally, finally getting around to, uh, I want to get to Ventura, but I'm still on like Big Sur or something. So I want to go buy, you know, your book about, you know, all, all, the, all of the ones in between there so that I can do this step by step by step by step. And then eventually I will get to Ventura. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Please don't do that. You're making life unnecessarily hard for yourself. And it's not that I wouldn't like to sell you more books, but but no, don't do that. Um, so I put I put a sidebar in this version of the book with big bold letters saying, wherever you are, jump directly from there to Sonoma. You don't have to, it, like if you're on Monterey, you don't have to install Ventura first and then go to Sonoma. You don't have to do this. Whatever whatever version of Mac OS you're running now, assuming your Mac is compatible with both, you know, that one and Sonoma, you just run the Sonoma installer, it will be fine. You gain nothing by going through those intermediate steps, but you do lose a lot of time. So just just skip it. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Yeah. So, I mean, you've answered a bunch of questions here for me. Now it's time for me to say what what do you want us to know about Sonoma for that is in the book uh, that we should be paying attention to, either gotchas or new features or whatever. So I'm thinking to myself, all right. I digressed so effectively that he forgot all about the Apple Mail thing. Maybe I can get away <laughs> with not talking about that. <laughs> No, but I'm, I'm still afraid of it. <laughs> let's let's start there. So so this is we're going to talk more about this in the future. But I just want to I want to get this out of the way. Um, you know, Apple Mail and I have kind of a history, and <laughs> we have we have a history. So uh. One of the things that has happened this year, which I was expecting and I was braced for, this was not a surprise to me, uh, but a lot of people are going to get stung by this, is that mail no longer supports third-party plugins. Now, what it does support is something called extensions. And plugins and extensions sound like they're sort of the same thing. But plugins have been around since like way, way, way back when, probably at or close to the beginning of Mac OS 
Mac OS 10 as it was then. Um, and they were, it was a mechanism that other developers can use to add features to mail or change things. And so there have been many, many, many plugins that have done useful stuff for mail. A couple of years ago, Apple said, uh, we don't want to support plugins anymore. We want everybody to use this new mechanism called extensions. And extensions you can only download from the, uh, well, that's not true. You will normally download extensions from the Mac App Store. <laughs> um, and uh, extensions sort of are, are better are better Mac OS citizens, all right? So they, they interact, they, they sort of uh, respect the sandbox more and they, they interact at more of arm's length with, with mail so that it's safer and more stable and all those kinds of things. And so Apple was like, hey, developers, just get right on this, switch everything over from your plugins to your extensions and everybody will be happy. Except the capabilities that Apple permits by way of extensions are just a small subset of what you could do with plugins. Now, uh, Michael Sai was able to uh, come up with an extension that with some clever engineering uh, still gets you the spam sieve features you know and love, uh, even though it's not gonna be a plugin anymore, it's gonna be an extension. So that's fine. It looks a little bit different, still works the same way. It's okay. And some other developers of mail plugins are doing the same thing. But not all of them can do it because some of them, including uh, my personal favorite mail suite from small cubed software, does things that simply cannot be replicated in extensions because Apple does not permit it to happen. And these are features that I really count on. So uh, if, if you install Sonoma and you are really dependent on something like, whether it's mail suite or something else that cannot be replicated in an extension, uh, you're gonna go, oh, well, crap. Uh, Apple Mail doesn't do a thing I need to do anymore. What do I do? Now, in the case of that particular piece of software, the developers have said, um, it, it, Apple's not gonna let us do this, so we're gonna go make our own email client from scratch. And our email client will just replace mail and it'll include all of those features that our plugin used to add and a whole bunch more. So they're working really hard on that. I'm helping them out. And um, I hope that they have at least a public beta available around the time that Sonoma ships, but I'm not sure yet. Um, and we'll talk a lot more about that app in uh, in the future. It's called Mail Maven. So um, there, the the takeaway is sort of Apple keeps removing stuff from Apple Mail, making it a less powerful email program with each release of macOS. And it is to the point now where I'm just like it, it doesn't it doesn't meet my needs. It just it just can't anymore. So I'm going to have to have to use something different. And I think a number of people will be facing situations like that. Now I've called out Apple Mail because it's a particular pain point for me. There could be other things that are comparable to that that are 
important to other people. Like my, my brother-in-law is an audio engineer and uh, he, he's always telling me about things about, you know, kinds of software he uses for music production. Uh, there tends to be a lot of, a lot of this sort of pain. Every time there's a new version of Mac OS, the developers of these really essential audio plugins and stuff uh, have all this work to do to update them or work around Apple's new restrictions to get them to work with a new thing. So, you know, d depending on what kind of work you do and what field you're in, you may encounter other situations like that. So just be alert, do your homework, make sure that if there is something that you depend on and it might not work the way you want in Sonoma, that you have an alternative lined up. That's, I mean, that's sound advice, even in without upgrading system software or whatever. I, I, because unfortunately, even to some developers, um, you know, they drop support for things and then you get caught cold. And so yeah. if it is mission critical, you should always try to have a plan B if you can, other than, instead of trying to scramble once something really goes wrong. I know it's, it sounds easy. It sounds like, yeah, and it's probably one of those things we all should do. And 99.9% .9 of us don't. So, yeah. But th that's a whole other discussion. Joe is back next time to talk more about upgrading to macOS Sonoma, some of the pain points, some of the challenges, and whether or not he feels that this is an exciting update and why. That's next time on Mac Voices. Joe and I will see you then. As always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode you will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.